theme of the day, never turn away. Yeah, and what comes to mind first is, you know, anybody who's ever meditated even just for five minutes, one of the first things, you know, which we notice is that it's very difficult for the mind to stay with an object. If it's a neutral object, especially, or, you know, if it's something which is challenging, the mind, you know, t turns away from it. If it's something which isn't, you know, which is kind of interesting, the mind can stay with it only for so long and it turns to something else. So, you know, the title Never Turn Away is something, you know, which is a working theme because, you know, you can never fully uh, accomplish that. As long as you are not fully enlightened, the mind will always, you know, go on to the next thing and the next thing, which actually isn't a thing, but the mind has a tendency, you know, to want to make a thing out of every experience, to pin it down and to have, a, have an opinion about it, you know, to label it as, as good or bad, uh, to want, you know, to label it as beneficial for, quote-unquote, me and myself, or threatening for me and myself, or boring, and all of that. So that process is constantly going on, and before we start to practice, we are mostly not aware of it. It's, it's, a lot of it is unconscious, or at least you know, when it starts to kick in in a big way, we seek ways to go unconscious by you know, distracting ourselves with the many, many different uh, means you know, which we have available in this culture. And you know, every culture has developed a whole array of possibilities you know, to distract oneself. And some of them are you know, highly respected and sought after by many, and some of them are looked down upon, and all of that. And, uh, you know, the whole body of teaching of the Buddha, you know, in all the three great schools of Buddhism, they're all about, you know, training the mind so that the mind is able to stay with the experience in an openness, you know, and not projecting our personal uh, preferences and conditioning onto the experience to stay, you know, with the raw experience. And through that staying with the raw experience, we start to discern truth. We start to uh, discern, you know, the way things really are. And I still remember, you know, when uh, the both of us were training in England with Archon Sumedo, he would say very often, it is as it is, or this is the way things are. And I always said, you know, very interesting, because, you know, it sounded so, so very, very simple. And I thought, you know, it's not necessary to tell me that, you know, it, it is that it is, because I know it already. <laughs> but, you know, little did I know how superficial that knowing was. It was just an intellectual knowing, but it wasn't really something which was integrated. And I'm you know, still working on it, of course, because someone who has completely integrated that understanding, you know, is, is a fully enlightened uh, being. To be with the experience as it is, it's very, very simple, you know, in, in terms of a statement, but it's not easy to do. Because, you know, our minds have developed 
countless patterns, you know, to uh, protect ourselves from that very raw experience because somehow we we are not uh, trained in that way because we don't get that encouragement mm -hmm. because from very early onwards you know we get very different conditioning which is not in sync with that essence you know of the Buddhist teachings this is why we need teachings like that and also you know all the other wisdom traditions Christianity and uh, Islam and the many different traditions, they all meet on that, you know, that they want to support uh, human beings, you know, to be really fully in the present moment. And they have developed many different avenues, you know, to kind of bring that over, depending on the culture. But essentially, it's all the same. Because, you know, only then can we really learn about truth, if we are fully with the raw experience and uh, we need a lot of support, you know, to be able to tolerate that because it's, it's so different than from what we are used to. And, you know, and the, the, all of the books which have been written about Buddhism and all of the, also, you know, the suttas which have been uh, passed down to us over the centuries of the Buddha, they are all about you know, and um, encouraging us to to just come into the present and open to the experience. So it's all about, you know, opening the mind to the way things are. And all of the million books, you know, you can buy, they're all about that. Different people, you know, sharing their experience, how they did it, you know, or how they, you know, how it worked for them. And then, you know, we have to find you know, those expressions of these teachings which work for us because we all have, you know, slightly different um, predicaments, different conditioning, and we resonate with one um, presentation more than with another one. So we have to just find what works for us. But essentially, they all meet in that uh, encouragement, you know, to open to the way things are, just simply that. And... Uh, Another way of describing is also letting go, you know, letting go of our preconceived assumptions about what's happening. Because this is just like a repetition of past, you know, just like opening to the experience. And it's very, very simple, you know, for example, the door opens and somebody comes in and it reminds you of something in the past and you kind of start on proliferating. Just stop it, cut it just right there and just, you know, open the mind and just be, and, you know, allow yourself to be informed by your experience rather than already, you know, thinking you know what's going to happen next. That doesn't mean, you know, that we foolishly, you know, uh, don't take care of ourselves. That's not what is meant, but it is more like a, a state of mind, you know, uh, a suspension of uh, judgment or a suspension of uh, projection. And it's really very, very simple in, in, in theory, but in practice it is not easy to do. And all of those different, you know, meditation instructions, they're all about, you know, getting the mind ready for exactly that, you know, for staying open. And and furthermore, 
not only staying open, but not turning away from experience. And, you know, not turning away from experience which comes to us, so to say, you know, from the outside, whoever, you know, opens the door and comes in here, something we can't control. But there also our inner experience, you know, what our, for example, there's some kind of a trigger outside. Somebody comes in and then it kicks up something within your own mind, something within your own conditioning, and to also stay with that. So both, you know, to stay with what comes from us externally, so to say, but also internally. Because this is a very important uh, lesson, you know, we, ha we have to learn about ourselves, you know, how we are operating. And we can only really learn that by, you know, staying with the raw experience and by learning to tolerate that rawness, you know, of just being completely with it. Because it, you know, it can bring up very unpleasant uh, feelings, you know, mental feelings and physical feelings. And, you know, in a, in a culture like this, especially, you know, where we are so kind of dependent on comfort, you know, on many levels, you know, in terms of controlling so many, um, you know, things about our physical existence. You know, we have a very low threshold uh, about what we can actually deal with. You know, we have to very quickly come in and change something, make it hotter, make it colder, make it faster, make it slower, and not speak about the food, you know. <laughs> because this is especially very uh, outstanding here in the Bay Area, you know, how people are, are kind of the refinement of the, the control about food is, I don't think there's any other place, maybe France, you know, <laughs> about, you know, having it all exactly, you know, how it should be. And, you know, that makes us very weak, really mentally and physically, because, you know, it makes us very weak what we can tolerate. We get very quickly, you know, triggered by something because we are so used to having our way. And then also mentally, you know, it's not a, an advantage, really. It's, it's on the long run, you know, in terms of practice, it really isn't. Which doesn't mean, you know, not looking after the body if it's sick and has real, some real allergies and things like that. But the amount of uh, considerations, you know, which are, you know, it's kind of was, was pretty amazing to us when we came here. <laughs> 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 and it's not something, you know, I, I'll, uh, I think is, is beneficial, really, because it's, it's, um, you know, the, this ability to have so much choice is, is not, it's not really uh, such a good thing, you know. Oh, and also now, uh, it also in, in the level of, uh, you know, looking after what we have got in terms of the, what the planet, you know, can offer. We've just gone far too far, you know, on so many levels. And now we have this situation, you know, where we are used to a certain standard and uh, the planet can't sustain it. So what are we going to do now? So this also, you know, brings the whole practice and, and teachings into a very different light. You know, it's not anymore like a luxury, you know, we can do on a weekend if we don't have anything else to do. It's really very, very important for you know, for the future 
of uh, the human race on the planet, you know, that we learn about how, you know, a human being ticks, you know, and what's really needed and what isn't really needed. And to, you know, to bring that into our daily lives and bring it into a bigger context, you know, in an evolutionary context, really. Because we seem to be now, you know, at a, at a stage of um, the, you know, evolution of this planet and everything which lives with it and on it, where we are forced, you know, by external circumstances to really deeply examine of how we live. And, you know, and, and this practice can, you know, be a great support for that because it, it's, it's a complete framework, you know, which can hold up a huge mirror for us, you know, to really stop and take it in. It's not anymore just a luxury, you know, if you feel a little bit depressed and we want to feel better. It's much more than that for ourselves and for everybody who lives with us. And, uh, you know, to not turn away from that truth is certainly not easy, but it's a good idea, I think, to really kind of take that in. And even if you don't know what to do about it, do not stop looking, you know, because the answer will reveal itself. And, you know, everybody will get a slightly different answer. And, and then, you know, we can work with that, whatever comes back out of that mystery, you know, of this huge process which we call life and which is going on since a long, long time. And it's still going on you know, since billions of years. So why not kind of trust that process, you know, by aligning ourselves and turning towards it. And, you know, just becoming aware of you know, what it is, you know, to be born in this age, yeah, in this time, with all, you know, of the opportunities, you know, we have in a, in a culture like this, where we have a lot of privilege, and, you know, and what we are really doing with it, and, and just making that conscious, even it might sometimes not feel really good. But, you know, knowing that we have everything it takes, you know, to, to deal with the feelings we experience. Because, you know, this human body is all about uh, being a tool, you know, for awakening. And, you know, the Buddhist teachings say that, you know, being born as a human being with, with a body like this and a mind like this is like a, a great good fortune because it's, uh, you know, there's, according to the Buddhist cosmology, there's many different realms, you know, which we could have taken birth in according to our past actions. And, you know, being born in this realm as a human being with a body, you know, healthy enough, you can come here and, you know, have enough leisure time, you can come here. You don't have to work, you don't have to run around trying something to eat. You can come here and sit, you know, a whole day with us. That means, you know, have already a lot of good fortune. And now it's just the point, you know, how you're going to use it. And I think, you know, that can be very wholesome, you know, to reflect on that, on what we already have, rather than always thinking about what we don't have, what we need to 
get next, you know, because that's what the mind does. And my mind is no exception, you know, otherwise I wouldn't be able to speak about it. So it's not that I'm not necessarily much better than that, but I, I just have, you know, have been um, maybe fortunate to meet quite early in life, meet a teacher and then try to, you know, align my, myself with what I saw in that teacher because I felt inspired. And you know, that's all you know, what, what we can actually you know, share with you, that we have a certain amount of faith you know, that this can really be done. And, and we have had you know, a certain amount of experience where we can see that, yeah, if you work in that way with your body and your mind, you know, they, start, they are changing, the body and the mind, especially the mind. It's, it's changing and, uh, and through that change, you know, we are you know, we are having more and more insight in the way things are working, you know, in the laws of nature. And through seeing that, we align our, we can align ourselves with those laws of nature. And through that, you know, there is less friction in life and there's more opportunity, you know, to benefit, um, you know, others around you, including yourself. And it all starts with simply, you know, just sitting down and turning towards experience as it is. And, you know, and allowing then that process to inform you. And the only, you know, thing what is important is this, that these are really raw data, That's, that they are really raw data which are not diluted, you know, by our projections. And that's, you know, where the whole process can be difficult, you know, where we need instructions and where we need support for that, because that's what we are not used to, you know, because we are used to judging everything into, you know, this benefits my agenda and this doesn't. And, you know, nature doesn't work that way. Nature doesn't care about me as an individual at all. And, you know, so to kind of take out that me and mine out of the experience as much as we can. And, you know, in order to be able to do that, we have to first get to know, you know, how we are ticking. And, and that's what the meditation in the beginning is all about, is to kind of be with the process and, and just see how much, you know, you're always relating everything back, or how I myself do the same thing, you know, relating everything back to me. And if it's if it, it's according to what I want or not want, it's all about, the mind is constantly going on about that. And we really need to see that really fully because then, you know, there's a certain kind of uh, disenchantment sets in really because we are just becoming aware and it's ridiculous, you know. The world is, is huge and there's so many billions of people around and I still, you know, relate everything back to just if I want it or I don't want it. There's something kind of quite not uh, in sync with reality here. And, you know, and waking up from that dream is kind of can be disconcerting, you know, because where is my world is kind of collapsed somehow, you know, and I live in this much bigger world, actually. And there is like not used to, you know, not used to living in this openness <coughs> and just wanting to quickly, quickly, you know, pin something down again, because it just feels like somehow we are not used to it, you know, and the meditation really is, is a technology which 
supports us to get used with that openness, you know, used with that vastness, used with that uncertainty, used with the not knowing. <coughs> and then, you know, we, we maybe manage, you know, to stay open for some time and then grasp onto the next thing. As soon as you notice it, just let it go. So it's just a training in letting go, in opening, you know, to experience as it is. And, you know, there have been lots of uh, different, you know, works and scholarly works and, and books and everything written about it, but essentially it's always the same. And I brought, I brought two or three very simple quotes about this. And the first one is from Ajahn Chah. He's the founder of the lineage that both of us have trained in. And he says, you know, the definition of Nibbana, Nibbana is the goal of the practice, so to say, you know, like enlightenment. And he says the definition of Nibbana is the reality of non-grasping. As simple as that, you know, is the reality of not kind of contracting around experience but of just openness. So the definition of Nibbana the rea is the reality of non-grasping. Very, very simple. And then another teacher, Tilko uh, Kienze Rinpoche, a Tibetan um, Rinpoche who passed away already, he says, freedom of clinging. It's just a very sim similar definition. Just freedom of clinging, that's the, you know, the goal of the practice. which is like a, a, another way of saying it again, you know, to just complete openness. And, you know, Venerable Tenzin Palmo, who is a, an English nun in the Tibetan tradition, she has a very beautiful quote here as well. She says, you know, one moment of awareness, you know, one moment of openness is one moment of Nibbana, is one moment of enlightenment. And one moment of for forgetfulness or, you know, getting lost in experience is one moment of, of samsara. Or samsara is, is the Pali word for um, you know, the wheel of life, the wheel of constant becoming, you know, becoming this, becoming that, and just being on that wheel like a hamster, you know, constantly running. And when you get the next thing, you already want the next thing because it's not about having, it's about getting. You know, because we can't even enjoy what we have because that momentum of running after is so fast and you can't even be with something really fully. You'll be with it for a minute, minute or two and then the mind is going on to the next thing. And to just, you know, there's nothing kind of uh, inherently bad about this. It's just if, you're not, if it's not conscious, it makes for a very unhappy life, you know. So we need to become aware of, you know, what our minds are doing. And then through becoming aware of it, uh, a disenchantment starts to set in because we, we realize, you know, even we were always, you know, looking to find this resting place, you know, to find peace, to find satisfaction. It's not working that way. And that's really, you know, when the practice becomes really juicy, you know, because we see the old ways don't work. And then through seeing that, through this disenchantment, we can free up energy, 
which we have first you know, been investing in you know, pursuing all of these things, we can take the energy away from there and put it into the practice. And then, you know, the practice is all about just remembering to not get lost in our experience and put that energy into opening the mind. And it's, it's, it's not something, you know, which can't be done because there's countless people before us, you know, have, have walked this path and we've gotten some instructions from them and we just need to do the same thing, you know. So it's, it's, it's not difficult in that sense because it has been done by lots of other people. We can do it too. And it's not rocket science. It just needs a lot of perseverance, really. This, this you know, ability to come back to the basic instruction of not, not turning away from what is into distraction. And, and it's, you know, we just need to do it, basically. And then the path, you know, and the, the truth will kind of blossom forth like if you're attending to your garden, you know. You don't know exactly how it's going to look, but you just keep on your watering and putting manure into the garden and weeding and all of those things. And then you don't need to pull, you know, on the carrots to come out or something. They just come out because that's how nature works. And the same, you know, with the practice. We don't need to figure it all out because we, we can't know what enlightenment is all about because we will know it once we're there, you know. But we can get a glimpse of it every moment, you know, when we let go and when we fully open to experience that is just a glimpse like very short, a taste. And a fully enlightened being, you know, the mind of a fully enlightened being has these moments are just like without, in, there's one, 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 one moment to the next, you know. There's this complete openness. There's no projecting onto experience. Those beings, they still have a personality, you know, they still have a body and everything. But what's going on in their mind has been, has been changed, you know, through practice. And we can all do that. And it's, you know, all starts with never turning away from your experience, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, to just develop that stamina, you know, to be with it fully. And, you know, doing it as a group is easier. Because, you know, if you're on your own, you always think only you can't do it, and only you are a hopeless case, and all of those things. <laughs> but, you know, everybody feels at times that they're a hopeless case. And uh, still, you know, that we are here. So just take inspiration from that, you know. And just keep on doing it. Because nobody can do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. And through doing it for yourself, you're doing it for all sentient beings because that uh, wisdom and compassion which is, you know, cultivated through the practice goes out to everybody around you. So I like to stop here because it's time and just speak a little bit about what comes next because it's very interesting is the meal. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.